So, tonight we're going to talk about level number three. I do want you to know that um, level, the first two, level number one, level number two, those two lectures are actually going to be available um, online and they're going to be available in CD. God willing, as soon as he finishes making them, I uh, dropped them off by him. But today we're going to talk about level three. Level three is that everything has a purpose. So, level number one, we're going to interrupt this broadcasting Sorry. for a moment. <laughs> guy got to do to get a good shear around here. What's going on, man? How you doing? Wow. Sheesh. <laughs> this class just took on a new dimension. <laughs> Okay, guys, let's get back. Let's start over. <laughs> okay? So, we're talking about level number three. Level number one was what? Hashkacha Pratit. You need to believe that everything comes from God, and there is no such thing as I just happened to be in the wrong place, in the wrong time, circumstances, yada, yada. Right? I mentioned to you the first lecture, a book called Duties of the Heart, Chavis Alvobis. Talk he has over there, a gateway I trust. And he says, clearly, if you believe in God, but then stuff happens, right? The book, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? A little problem with that book. It wasn't God who did it. Well, if God isn't in control, then I'd like to talk to the real boss. Then you have step number two. After we go from Ashkacha Pratit, and we discuss with the Ashkacha Pratit, the Tov, the Rambam, well, how the Hasidic perspective that every little detail of worm, of the hydrating worm and a leaf, it's all from God. Then we spoke about level number two last week, which was about everything is for the good. We spoke about Nochumish Gamzu, Gamzu Latova. We spoke about Rabbi Akiva, everything Hashem does is for the good. We spoke about the Tzemach Tzedek, think good and it will be good. Right? And now we talk about Everything is for a purpose. Why would level number three come after level number two? First, it's going to be everything's for the good. Then everything has a purpose. Wouldn't we rather be everything's for a purpose? But not only is everything for a purpose, everything's also for the good. How does it work, these two levels? So let's back up for a moment. Let's go on to level number three. Let's talk about this. Any of you have any familiarity with seven habits? You guys looked into seven habits? Stephen Covey's, you did? You looked into it at all, Frank? So on seven habits is habit number two. What's habit number two? Who said they had, who said yes? Habit number two, begin with the end in mind. Pretty much. I was explaining this to my kid. Before you go on to MapQuest and ask for directions, you need to type in where you want to get to. Right? Famous story, a quote over there, the original writing of Alice in Wonderland. She asked the cat, Can you tell me where to, which way should I go? And the cat says, Where do you want to get to? And she said, It really doesn't make a difference. And the cat says, Then it really shouldn't make a difference which way you're going. You're going to get there. So, begin with the end in mind, a very powerful habit. Did God do that?
let's create a world. What, what do you want, God? Don't worry. Let's, we'll see. It should be fun. Do we ever stop and ask ourselves, what was the purpose of creation? You see, before I stop believing that everything that happens to me has a purpose, I'm part of a big universe. So if I don't believe that God has a purpose for the universe, then how can I really believe God has a purpose for me? So while I can keep on thinking, well, you know, we mentioned last time, right? Kapara, tikkun, the famous words that we all have when things go wrong. It's a purpose. Probably did a sin. Hashem's helping me. If I didn't sin in this life and last life and not in last life, must have been, I must have been one of the guys fighting with Moses and Korah. Something must have been wrong. So we're doing tikkun. That's all good. That's all good and fine. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But stop for a moment. Are we saying that everything that happens to me is for a purpose? But I am not part of a bigger purpose? So we just have 50, you know, what do we have now today? 6 billion humans that come down, each for a purpose. Amongst them we have uh, 15, whatever the number is going to be today, million Jews who have a purpose within a purpose. But there is no purpose for the whole thing. So everyone has little purposes, but they're not part of a big purpose, so there is no purpose. Where are we going with this? So before we start saying that everything that happens to me is my tikkun, and my kapara, and I need to accomplish something, and then die, and return to the dust, and my soul goes into heaven, and lives happily after ever, in Gan Eden, It's hard to believe that. You with me on this? It's hard to understand and digest that. So everyone has a purpose, but they're not part of a purpose. I want to be a little more clear with what I'm saying. So, you have a nice religious Jew living in Nebrak, Yerushalayim, Flatbush, Wherever you want to put him. And he knows. I came down to this world to do mitzvot, to learn Torah, not to sin, to get into heaven. That's, right? That's the plan. And if I sin, it's not that God's looking to punish me. It's just that heaven is absolute pure. And absolute purity cannot tolerate anything less than absolutely pure. So if my neshama has like a big juicy stain right there, I got to get that off before I get into heaven. And that's why we go through purgatory and punishment. But that's the whole picture. I came down to learn Torah. I came down to do mitzvahs. I came down to daven. And why do I learn Torah, daven, and do mitzvahs? So that I can die and go to heaven. And what happens then? Nothing. Then when you're in heaven, you're in the deepest embrace with God. So the really coming down here isn't a purpose. It's just that the soul has to come down here to go up there. That means that there's something lacking in the whole picture. You see, what I tell the people here on Shabbos, 
I talked to the teens by the Kiddush. And we were having this conversation. One of the teen girls, she just came back from the March of the Living, and she spoke about this, you know, at some, after the March of the Living, you face over there some really horrible issues, and then and six million, and death. It's all of a sudden, you know, for a teenager who really thinks that they're eternal, death isn't even a picture in your head, and all of a sudden you start thinking about life is so short. And then you start asking yourself, so why do we even go through this? I mean, in the bigger picture, what is 70, 80, 120 years? And what I shared with her is, life has a beginning, life as we know it here in the physical earth. Life has a beginning and an end, and it's a pretty short time in the biggest scope of picture. But, you see, in between the beginning and end are moments of eternity. Because what you do in between birth and death is acts of eternal. But that can only be the case if we understand that there's a bigger picture. And when we talk about, I want to leave the world a little better than I found it, for who? For what? For when? It's a big thing now, everyone's asking me about. Do you believe in the year 2012? <laughs> what? When? It's going to happen. First it was, remember, 9-19-1999, and then it became the year 2000, and then Baruch Hashem, our computer survived, and it's okay. But what, what, what do I want to leave this world better for? To who? To what? To when? So what I want to step back over here and say is that we need to understand when we talk about purpose, can we please get out of our little box of reality? Can we stop for a moment thinking that my life and my soul is everything there is? And if my soul needs a tikkun, that's why God did the whole big thing? So that my soul last time did something, needs to come back down. When God set forth creation, there was an end in mind. There was a purpose. And once you understand that what happens to me is with a purpose within a purpose. So yes, there is a purpose for my soul to have tikkun. And yes, there is a purpose for what I need to go through in my life. But that's a purpose within a purpose. You see, it wasn't that Moses lived and died, next generation. Joshua lived and died, next generation. We talk football. If you can get to the 10 yards, then you don't go back. You continue further. You keep on going across the field. There is a goal. You need to get somewhere. So when you talk about Adam, 10 generations, Noah, 10 generations, Abraham, 7 generations, Moses. This is accumulative. This isn't start over. It didn't begin when you were born. It didn't even begin the first time your soul came down into this world. It began with the base of Beratius that had a purpose. 
So the real question here is, forget just the fact that someone cut me off on the 95 today at 3.48 p.m. There must be a purpose for me in my life, in my tikkun, if not in this incarnation, it must have been in a past incarnation. It's not just that. Besides the fact that you're into a very egocentric life, on a spiritual level, of course. But that's what happens here. So everything that happens is because of me. It's tikkun for me. It happened to me is because of me. That's a very small purpose for a very big God. So what we really need to think for a moment is, what is the bigger purpose? And we understand that there's a bigger purpose, a bigger masterpiece, than your one fine stroke of paint on that masterpiece becomes a purpose within a purpose within its entirety is gorgeous. So while we can simply follow that amazing thought of Viktor Frankl, meaning will endure much if we have meaning, but everything becomes unbearable if there's no meaning. So we need to have a purpose. But it's not just about me. My suffering needs meaning. And that's an amazing concept. It's an amazing concept when you realize that maybe when we daven for Mashiach, because we are having problems individually paying for our mortgage, while that's true too, Mashiach will take care of your mortgage problems. But you see what you're doing? All of a sudden Mashiach has a purpose. His purpose is your mortgage. Or, and there's nothing to laugh about that. We shouldn't be suffering from that. That's not the master plan. But with that being said and done, is that all there is? So let's talk about the bigger purpose for a moment. Let's talk about the purpose of creation. And then after the purpose of creation, we can talk about my individual purpose. And once we talk about my individual purpose, we can talk about everything that happens to me as part of this purpose. People. God doesn't have ADD. He sticks with the plan. Day in and day out. Every single one of us is a purpose within the master purpose. Now all of a sudden, this level number three of Amunah takes on a whole new dimension. It's not just about me when I was a kid and I was upset and later and dating and she left me. Why did I have to go through that? And it doesn't just happen like that. It's a whole big, big, big real picture. So Hashem created the world and the world had a purpose. What is the purpose? We're taught by the first of Chirebi. He quotes over there two opinions in Kabbalah. And then he talks about his opinion. And not that he's arguing with the other opinions. He just explains that the other two opinions explain only until a certain world called Atzilut. And we'll leave that all the text stuff out right now. He wants to know why the physical world. To understand the physical world, he represents to us a concept. Which, when you understand this concept, 
we now understand Mashiach in a whole different way. It's no more, uh, you know, a mantra or whatever it is. Interesting, I want to just share with you that the Alter Rebbe gives us a purpose but I want to have a very clear disclaimer that you're going to find in Hasidus. You see, normally when we talk about a purpose for doing something, it's very simple. Before I did this, I was missing this. I want this. So I did this. You see, if you already have it, then what's the purpose of trying to get it, right? So by definition, purpose means I was lacking before, and that's why I have a purpose. I want this. You can't say that about God. What was God lacking before He created the world? Come on guys, you know you are Don Olam, right? Hashem Olach Beterem Kol Yitzhu Nivra. He was a king before He created. Whatever that's supposed to mean. But if you have figured out something that God wasn't before He created, and that's why He created, now we're dealing with pure heresy. <laughs> you talk about pure apicorsis. So you had a God who didn't have, he was missing, and he said, you know something, I want that. And that's why in the Alter Rebbe's explanation of the purpose, it's he's telling us a fact, what he wants. We'll never understand why he wanted. Because anytime you touch the question why, you're going to come up in your human mind that he didn't have, he wanted, and that's why. That doesn't work by God. So with that disclaimer, the Alter sets it up, God had a desire to have a dwelling place here below. And what I'm not going to do right now is teach you the whole Tanya and all the memorum of the Rebbe's in a couple of minutes. But I want to just get through this that we can understand it so we can talk purpose because if you're going to walk out of this class just being satisfied that when I had my breakup or I had my problem, there must have been a tikkun purpose for me, then you're still thinking very small. The world still begins and ends by your nose. Not a good place. So when we talk about the purpose of creation, Hashem had a master plan. And every single day of our life, Every single day of creation, 5,770 years, with today's date, in that year. Every moment of creation, every experience of creation, every moment and every experience of every individual is all steps within that purpose. So to isolate your life and your tikkun from the master plan and the master purpose means that we're not on target. If it's about me being born, dying, getting into heaven, I'm missing the bigger picture. That's to talk in, in time management class. That would be a bunch of daily plans with no five-year goal. So we have over here six billion daily plans. Each one with a purpose. The big rocks, the small rocks, I made my daily planner. 
But where do you want to get to? I don't want to get to. I just want to live. God doesn't do that. So understand that whatever purpose you're going to picture in your mind, make it more real. So the plan over here is, Simply put. Really, I'm going to make it simple, and it's not right what I'm doing to this right now, but we only have X amount of time. And if you want, we can go further and into Tanya classes, which is the hour before this, so at least it was supposed to be, right? But the bottom line is, understand that the master plan was to create a place, void, void, defined as an absolute darkness, which allows for freedom of choice. And then for you within that place, to invite and bring God into it. So heaven wouldn't work. Heaven is all about spirituality. Angels never have atheistic questions. It just doesn't happen. Now please understand, as much as this is going to sound funny to you, I told this to someone who told me he's an atheist. He smiled. It was, you know, for a moment he, it clicked. You understand that God's dream is the atheist. Because if the atheist, as an atheist, can now start opening up to faith, mission accomplished. You see, the one who was born in a firm house, went to yeshiva, kept Shabbos, kosher, learned Torah, married the rabbi's daughter, had another 12, 13 kids, put them through yeshiva, lived in a beautiful city where no one drove on Shabbos, it was an Erev, it was beautiful. Mesiba Shabbos, the women had a shior, it was beautiful. So you're born in the local maternity ward, you live your life in that beautiful, holy environment, and you're brought to the Jewish part of the cemetery, and it's beautiful. That isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about a person who was born in a home where we keep Hanukkah, not because, you know, they have their tree, we have our menorah, their gift wrapping is red and green, ours is white and blue. Don't make a big thing about it. You know that story about... <laughs> This uh, family, and a father, for whatever reason, he had to send his kid to a Catholic school. The kid goes to the Catholic school and comes home. He starts talking to his dad about the Trinity and the this and the mother and the ghost and the kid and the father. It's all. His father sits and says, son, I want to tell you something. We're Jewish. We only have one God and our family doesn't believe in him. <laughs> so what you have over here is a situation where the real place of God's desire is in a place where atheism is normal. That's when God said, Aha! The stage was set. Now let's make it happen. And then you start understanding that this master purpose is what dominates and controls all the little purposes that happen within them. 
which all of a sudden makes you stop and think, aha, so something bad just happened to me. Let me pull out my Garden of Amuna and start reading page this and that, a story. Ah, tikkun, it's for a purpose, it's for the good, God, divine providence. And then what? Now let's look at it a different way. All of a sudden, you realize, tikkun, my personal experience, my personal relationship, which just brought the entire creation one step closer to its purpose. Follow the difference? So it is so important to understand that it isn't all about you and your tikkun. It's about you and your tikkun as part of the big tikkun. So I want to share with you, I had a Fabrengen last night, a boy in Abach, he was uh, killed on the Lag Bomer in a uh, jet ski accident. Yesterday was the 30th day and he was a boy in yeshiva here. So I was a Fabrengen, he was there till uh, 4.30. I'm seeing him talking to someone, another colleague, another rabbi, a local rabbi here. I was sharing with him this thought. I want to see what he thought about it. You know, what his reaction would be. So I shared with him as follows. There is, in a person's life, obviously, it's extreme, but let's talk about this for a moment. So there's a famous teaching of the Rebbe Blessed Memory on the saying in Yom Kippur, for the sin that I've committed with the Yitzhahara. Now this question is, uh, well, who then? Of course your sins are the Yitzhahara. It's not the Yitzhahara telling you to sin. So what's going on here? And then there's this concept, now, there's a point where your Yitzhahara is already telling you, hey, 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 whoa, 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 this is not what I meant. Stop. I didn't mean to go so far. And you're going further than your Yitzhahara. Why? How? What's driving you? So I shared with him a thought. There's a famous medrash that says, Nora alilot Adam. How awesome God is your plots against mankind. God plots against mankind? Actually, it's a direct quote in the book Garden of Amuna that you can't even say that. He's looking to hurt you. He's looking to this. So let's go further. The medrash says, that God wrote the Torah before He created the world. And in the Torah there's a verse, Adam ki ohel, that a man who dies in his, in his house, in the tent, in the same room, a Kohen, anyone becomes impure. This whole law is about when a person dies. Did you know that if Adam didn't eat from the tree, we wouldn't be dying? Right? The whole reason humans experience death is because of Adam. But one second. Before Adam sinned, God already had laws about death. That means the master plan had death in it. So the Medrash says, God, you were not going to leave go of Adam until he ate from that tree. You needed him to eat from that tree. It was part of your master plan. You plotted this. He didn't have a chance. A Medrash. What I'm actually presenting to you here is that sin has purpose. I want to go a little further with this. 
go back to this person. He started and he thought that it's safe. A little diversion, nothing too serious. Yeah, I'll do tshuva. I'm cool. And then one leads to another, leads to another, up the ante. You're not getting the same high. Got to get new stuff. And then it comes to a point where you are telling yourself, remember Pharaoh told Moses, God is right and I am wrong. You can go. And he can't. He's trying to stop and he can't stop. Someone is pushing at this point. You're being driven. Normally, we talk about, Maimonides discusses this in the laws of Teshuva. We talk about you being driven by Yitzhahara. But that's not what the verse says. The verse doesn't say, and the evil inclination hardened the heart of Pharaoh. What does it say? Vayaksha Hashem, and God hardened. My mind talks about it as part of the uh, punishment already. But I want to talk about it a little, what, I, what, I, what I'm understanding my mind is to say. There comes a point where you are being pushed to sin and not stop sinning. Beyond the point where you your mind, your heart, your passion, your desire, your hormones are screaming, Dayenu, stop, I don't want to do this no more. And you can't stop, you can't stop, you can't stop. You're being driven until that moment where all of a sudden you feel you're not being driven no more. <laughs> and you look around you and you find out that you are in the basement of hell. This is totally, I mean, I've been so driven in sin that I cannot get out of here. What's the, you know, like, hello? What I'd like to present to you here is, let's talk about purpose. Let's talk about purpose. There is a purpose. And what I'm daring to tell you is that you are going to be driven to the furthest deepest, lowest point of your potential because because you need to bring back that piece of creation in its lowest form as part of the masterpiece. I've mentioned this in the previous lecture. Hindsight, faith. Foresight, freedom of choice. We make choices to do sin. But in hindsight, I realize it just doesn't make sense. How could have I done such a thing? What overcame me? I was trying to stop. Really, I was trying to stop. I couldn't stop. It was like I, I was possessed. But who was I possessed by? It must be the evil forces. No, maybe not. Maybe you will be pushed to your limits because there's a purpose of why that scenario exists and you need to bring that back home through doing teshuva. What I'm suggesting here is, I'm not talking about the things that happen to you physically, 
that you're upset about and you need to whip out your guard of Amuna to overcome from the physical pains. The Alter Rebbe in Tanya spends about a half a chapter of how not to become depressed over physical negativity. Then he spends another chapter and a half about spiritual negativity. You see, there's an interesting Chinese saying that says as follows. The stress of not being within your integrity is far greater and worse than the stress of deadlines and financial failure. When you need to face the stress of stepping out of your boundaries of integrity in whatever that may be, the baggage that your soul is carrying is far greater stress and negativity than worrying about my office, my mortgage, my health, believe it or not. Deadlines, payments. So what I'm actually taking the liberty to talk about to you here about is purpose not just when, okay, no, I just slammed the door on my finger, there's got to be purpose, level number three, there's got to be purpose, tikkun, we can talk about that, but forgive me please if I want to raise the bar, I want to talk about when you look in the mirror and you don't even recognize yourself no more, you used to be such a beautiful, pure person, morals, principles, yeah, the chevre, we all, you know, we did this, we did that, you know, we walked on the other side of the fence, pretty close to the fence. But this wasn't what we were talking about. Whoever thought that this is what we'd end up looking like one day. I'm talking about that type of questions of faith. Not the question of faith when your check bounces. The question of faith when your soul, your integrity, your purity bounces. And you ask yourself, why? How? How did I end up here? Guys, let me say it since it's already under my tongue for so long. I'm talking about the addict who just says, what happened? What happened? What happened? I remember rolling the first joint. Now, I'm not talking about myself, by the way. I really never joined. <laughs> but I remember rolling the first joint. I never thought... I'd be on the street, shooting up. I don't know what. I never thought I wouldn't be able to stop. My friends, they all got over it. They went on. What happened to me? And what I'm suggesting is there's purpose. There's purpose with tikkun. And your tikkun is a piece of the ultimate purpose and tikkun. Because when you're driven to the extremity of your capacity of tolerance, of lack of integrity, impurity, and you wake up one day to quote the verse when the God's giving us Tochacha in the Torah, Umisham, I'll push you out of Israel, I'll throw you away, I'll scatter you, I'll push you as far as possible. Umisham, and from there you will call out to me. And that's why when Mashiach comes, the borders of Israel will spread to the whole entire earth. Why? How? Purpose. There's a reason why Jews ended up in Australia, India, Turkey. 
This is the reason why Israeli boys after the army end up in the most forsaken places. You see, it's not just about you and me individuals. There's a reason why I am put through spiritual hell. So that I can, once and for all, take away the hell from that hell and make it heaven. So when you ask yourself, why am I going through these things? And your answer is, I'm going through it because of purpose. What purpose? No, it's not just a Brumi's purpose. It's not Amy's purpose. It's not Zev's purpose. We are three individual purposes that are pieces of the ultimate purpose. And when I go through my tikkun, I'm not going through my own soul's tikkun. I'm going through the universal, global tikkun. When I'm pushed to the point where people say, Ah, oh, he's gone too far. He'll never come back. And I come back. I didn't just take care of the Vrumi problem. I've taken care of that problem for the entire human race. For the entire creation. For the tikkun of Mashiach. Which means that there will be no more evil. That's not Mashiach. That existed before Adam ate. There will be no more potential for Mashiach. Obviously that wasn't the story in the Garden of Eden. Because if there was no potential for, Mashiach, for sin, there wouldn't have been no sin. The fact that he sinned tells me that even in the Garden of Eden there was potential. And he actualized it. But when I am pushed and you are pushed to such compromising positions, and we think, oh my God, and there we decide, I'm doing teshuva. Are you kidding me? You doing teshuva now? Like, hello? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing teshuva. No way. Yeah, I am. One step. One step at a time. One more mitzvah. One more time, I'm going to not do this. Why? Because of Hashem. All of a sudden, your purpose is the world's purpose. Is God's purpose, if that can be said. So understand that level number three, if you're just still thinking about how come, how come you were cut off on the 95 this morning when you were minding your own business, being such a careful, defensive driver. Must be tikkun, must have been something, must have been sesa. Of course it was something. It was something big. You were just challenged to lose your temper. The Talmud says losing your temper is idolatry. Idolatry is a global negativity. And you overcame your own temptation. You fulfilled your tikkun. And through that, you have fulfilled global tikkun. And now we can appreciate a story that's marvelous. So many stories in the Baal Shem Tov. The person's traveling, got lost, got stuck, didn't know why they're there. And all of a sudden, right there in the forest, they do a tefillat mincha. They find the water. They make a shahakol near Bidvaro. They come back to the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov says, since the day that that water was created, it was crying to God, how am I part of your purpose? No one used me for a mitzvah. 
No one used me to wash his hands before he began praying. No one used me to make a bracha. And all of a sudden, this Jew who's planning to go to Lapsug ends up over there in I don't know where. Purpose. What purpose? Tikkun. I must have been a bad boy. Hashem made me get lost. And I ran out of food and I'm really frustrated and hot. Or is it more than that? Yes. I had to do tikkun for my soul. And because of that, God gave me the merit to do tikkun for this water. Which was part of tikkun for what? For the ultimate plan. I want to share with you something that I do. My kids know this already. I'm driving and I get lost. First thing I do, maybe the second thing, maybe I don't want to really publicly share the first thing I say. But the second thing I say, believe it or not, my kids know this already with me. I will say a pasuk. It is impossible that there's no reason why I am there. So I may think I'm a shlamazel and I got lost. God is in the shlamazel. Oh, tikkun. I have to suffer, rethink, get on, off the 95, make a U-turn. True. But there's something bigger than that. A Jew had to be there at that moment. For what? To use a vulgarity because he's running late and he got off the wrong exit? So what I personally do, and I would like to suggest this to all of you, after I get over my fit, I say one of those chapters, Tehillim or Bra or whatever Pasu comes to my mind. Now at least I know God. I took care of whatever I have to hear. Now let's move on. And every once in a while, guys, you're actually blessed to meet a person and really see in black and white how this wasn't just about you. A bigger picture. I want to tell you a story. A story that I heard from someone who had happened to. Story. First, was sitting by my Shabbos table and told me the story. He was driving and he has a rule. He has a rule that when he drives, he's taking a big trip, you know, from state to state. He has a rule. Wife, kids, go to the bathroom now. Because we will not be going to the bathroom until the next time I need to fill up gas. So he was driving from, I don't know if it was New Orleans or Atlanta, one of his siblings, back to Florida. No. He's sitting there, they get off the 95, whatever it is, on the, on the turnpike probably, they do what they have to do, he's filling up gas, they're unfilling gas, and they get back into the car, we're on our way. 20 minutes later, his wife tells him, I, I gotta go. There's no way, you know my rules. Okay. Keeps on going. She tells him, listen, I have to go. Scream at me, whatever you want, I gotta go. Pull into the next station. He probably did scream at her. <laughs> but they pull him to the next station. And he's fuming. And she goes to the bathroom. And a guy comes over him and says, Oh my God, I can't believe you're here. Tell me, you have to film with you. The guy's selling oranges. You know, they have like this fruit that sells. And he says, Yeah. He says, Can I, can I use them? Believe it or not, I want to tell you how the question started. Tell you the story the way it happened. He went and he said, you have to fill. And he says, yeah, do you mind watching my stand for 20 minutes? He says, excuse me? He says, yeah. To make the long story short, 
Two years ago prior, Rosh Hashanah, that person took upon himself to every single day put on tefillin. That day, he couldn't put on tefillin. He was running too late. He ran and he left his tefillin at home. He called already all his friends that he knows that can go to his house and bring him the tefillin. They said they couldn't. The story happened with my cousin. He actually was there and merited to see why he was there. Was that about his tikkun? Let me tell you, it was about his tikkun. It was about his tikkun too. He had to learn how to, your wife has to go to the bathroom, don't blow a fit, you can get over it, okay? Things happen. But then there's a bigger tikkun. There's the other guy. Let me tell you, there's a third tikkun. That place needed to have two Jews. One Jew do another Jew a favor, while that other Jew is praying. We're talking here, really, purpose. We're talking here about real emunah. We're talking about stopping to think that everything that happens is about your past reincarnation. Before that, you must have done this, you must have done that. You're coming here for tikkun. It's all true. But slightly, slightly egocentrically meaningless if that's all it's about. If it isn't about God, it's just about your soul and your tikkun. If it isn't about the whole universe, if it isn't about bringing to fruition the ultimate plan that started with the base of Bereshis, then what purpose are we really talking about? Level number three. Everything that happens has a purpose. Let me say that again. Level number three. Everything that happens to you has a purpose in your life which is part of the global purpose of the original plan for creation. So the next time you're about to get really PO'd at God for doing what He did, and you're going to try to whitewash it with, alright, I must have done something bad, not me. Two incarnations ago. Think bigger, think bigger, think bigger. Because that's probably true. But what makes that really magnificent is that what you're about to go through right now is for your soul in the past reincarnation. It's for every human Jew. It's for the entire human race. It's for every creation. It's for God's ultimate plan. You're making it all happen with this little nuance that's happening to you right now. Are we talking now big time purpose? Would you be willing to go through something if you knew that you were able to save your entire family? Would you be willing to go through something if you were able to save your entire city? Would you go through something if you were able to save your entire people? Would you go through something if you were able to save the entire universe? Would you be able to go through something? Would you be willing? Would you ask God to please let me go through that one thing that's going to make it all happen right now? Let me be the one to have that tikkun purpose that's going to bring Mashiach now. The reason why Adam, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, everyone, everything that they were doing, our generations dealing with that tikkun. 
want to still talk about purpose? The beauty, the depth, the magnitude. To think about that what I'm going through, when I'm being cut off on the 95, tempted to curse or not to curse. When I got lost, tempted to curse or to say a pasuk. To think about that that's going to make everything Moses yearned for, worked for, really happen. just want to broaden the box. We're so used to the word kapara and tikkun. As if that's the reason God exists, so that I can have tikkun. It's bigger than that, guys. Every minute of your lives, every experience of your lives, every moment that you're challenged and you overcome, you rise up. It's not about you and your soul just. It's about the universe. It's about why Abraham, Isaac and Jacob lived. It's why six million died. It's why God created the world. That's purpose. That's level number three, guys. God bless you.